Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. This is the podcast where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Now, Jim, today's Royal Rumble that we're going to be talking about probably has some has some inconsistencies in this particular year, 2014, and it's one that not a lot of people like because of a certain someone who isn't in it. Sure, I can definitely see that. And I'm surprised that you say that because off the top of my head, I don't think that I that stands out that this has a lot of rule breaking that was, you know, I don't see as many inconsistencies. Maybe I'm missing something or I'll remember when we get into the Rumble match itself. Right. Um, but we do have a guest, Bill. Please introduce the guest. Yes, we do have a guest, and let's welcome him in at this time. He is Jargo. Hello, gentlemen. Jargo, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you follow in pro wrestling, how big of a fan you were, you are and were, like what you followed throughout your time of being a fan, all that good stuff. Well, I guess I'll start at the beginning and work my way to current because I have a very interesting path in this. Um, I I started watching pro wrestling as a kid. I mean, probably, you know, six, seven years old. Um, I remember watching WrestleMania six live. I remember going over to my friend Aaron's house and we like marathoned WrestleMania's one through five one night. It was absolutely awesome. And then I followed basically through the Monday Night Wars. And once WWE won the war, it just kind of lost interest to me. And I, I had grown up. I was like, you know, early twenties at this point, met my first wife. She was not a fan in any way, shape or form. And so I kind of fell out of the world of professional wrestling with the exception of WrestleMania. We'd always get together for WrestleMania and get a whole group of people together. And that was like a one time she would actually put up with me watching professional wrestling kind of thing. And so we went our separate ways. And over the course of the years, I discovered this guy named CM Punk and CM Punk with the straight edge society single-handedly brought me back to the world of professional wrestling. Fast forward a couple more years. And now I have children of my own who are full blown into the professional wrestling world. And that led to the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast, which I do with myself and my, my Huckleberry Rick Vickery. And we cover literally everything we cover mlw we cover ring of honor we cover new japan we cover impact wrestling we cover aew we cover the wwe we cover nxt so over the course of an average week i was just thinking about this the other day i watch about 17 hours of professional wrestling a week oh my god see this is like i'm and i'm and i'm glad for you you know there's so much right now in the world of wrestling but i think that's like why i can't <laughs> I, I watch things. I, I'm an AEW fan, but man, when I start like, oh, maybe I'll start watching all the wrestling shows. I'm like, oh my god, it feels like a part time job. I don't want to do this now. <laughs> like, it's it's not even a part time job, guys. I mean, this is a full time job, yeah, and right. now, now it is. 
now hitting the marks is also we do another show for Hameen Media at hackerhameen.podbean.com every Monday inside the locker room. And there's seven days a week of wrestling content on that network. We also run our own network now. We've brought in other shows. And I basically act as the programming director for the HTM podcast network, hittingthemarks.com. And so now I'm editing other people's shows and making sure that other people have their shows in about the wrestling. So between like just watching the content and then doing podcasting i do roughly three to four shows a week and then a guest appearance on a show here or there like you guys asked me to do mm-hmm. so i this is literally like working a full-time job at this point sure i mean just watching it without doing anything is a lot let me ask yeah. you, I, I think that's very your story is super interesting and it makes me even more glad that we gave you this one especially the cm punk stuff that we gave you this one as your as your Royal Rumble appearance. Um, yeah, I know how ironic, right? The last appearance of CM Punk in a professional wrestling ring, mm-hmm. right? Which you know what? I, I guess because I'm looking at, at a Royal in a Royal Rumble sense and not so much an individual. I don't think I realized that until this morning, really, of this recording. As I was watching this show again, I'm like watching to be like, where did he get the concussion? Is he favoring his back? Like knowing all of the backstory around what happened after this show, it it, it was a kind of a a crazy watch watching this thing back. Bill, this is certainly a jump from our last episode, which was 1995. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. We're not going to be talking about Pam Anderson today. Uh, or, uh, what's his face who I love, but I can't remember his name now, uh, in the pre-show. Oh, uh, uh Buck, is it, no, no. Buck Quartermain. Oh, Buck Quartermain. Yes. <laughs> uh, 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 no Buck Quartermain today. Unfortunately. Well, I got to thinking too, as I was watching this show, like, was this the last really great build to WrestleMania? Like this was the kid, like this is widely considered one of the worst Royal Rumbles in history. And it's not because of any of the content on the show. It's all the politics right. surrounding it. Right. right. Cause like as a show itself, I actually thought this was a really good show. I thought this was a really good Royal Rumble. And this was a fantastic build to the last huge climax. I remember at WrestleMania, I don't remember a, a WrestleMania as big as WrestleMania 30, let alone the road to WrestleMania. Right. I don't, I think probably for me, you're, I don't I don't know. I'm not a fair judge because I hadn't really been watching. The 2010s are really, like, I really tuned out of them and was turned off of the WWE product. And it's funny because I think this is around when it was, like 2013 slash 2014. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I can answer that. Bill, do you want to weigh in before we talk about everything that's going on during this period? Maybe I can figure out if I was into the other promotions at this point. Right. Um, you know, I because real quick before I get into that, I know talking with Jim off air, he's only liked really one Royal Rumble, like one that he thinks was great that we've done. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, 2018, the men's. Now, to and be fair, we, we st- haven't done all of them yet. So Yeah, we've still got a few more to go. I don't think it's going to surpass it, though. But okay. Sorry, right. Bill. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, let's get into the roll call of champions. And I'm going to do the order a little bit differently today. So I'm going to start with the Divas champion at this time is AJ Lee. The Intercontinental champion is Big E Langston. Boy, that feels like an eternity he was ever a champion. 
the United States champion is Dean Ambrose. This is the reign where he hardly ever defended the title. <laughs> uh, the tag team champions going into it are Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Something will happen to those titles later. Randy Orton is the WWE champion. Uh, and that's really it for WWE. For Impact, their current world champion at this time is Magnus. The Knockouts champion is Madison Rain. The tag team champions are Robbie E. and Jesse Goddard's The Bromans. And my favorite title in all of Impact at this time is the television title because it had so many freaking name changes. Its current champion is Abyss. The X Division champion is also at this time Austin Aries. And in Ring of Honor, their world champion at, or actually, pardon me, their television champion at this time is Tommaso Ciampa. Their world champion is Adam Cole, Bay Bay. And their tag team champions are Red Dragon. So going into the Royal Rumble, um, we just had a big unification match with the WWE title and the World Heavyweight title at TLC, which Randy Orton won. So he is the basically the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Why TLC? I don't know. I, I could not give you a, a, a good answer for that, except I don't know. Okay. Um... Daniel Bryan is having a fight with the authority, but at the same time, he's also dealing with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. He ends up joining the Wyatt family, but it only lasted for a few weeks because Daniel Bryan would beat up Bray Wyatt inside a steel cage on Monday Night Raw, which really was a huge pop for him when that all happened. I remember that being done very well. And, oh, Batista's back. Batista is back in WWE. <laughs> so, yeah. And why? Why is he back? That's a good question. Why the money? Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So, I have to say, what a, what a dreary time. Like, I was ready for you to say someone exciting was the champion of Impact and... Or, like, a champion. Really, the only reaction I had was the Bromans. Because I mm -hmm. completely forgot about them and I left. Right. Um, but wow, even Ring of Honor, Impact, WWE, boy, for me, nothing. Um, I that, think in context, though, the, the other thing that was going on at this point was the beginning of the rise of New Japan Pro Wrestling, mm -hmm. because I believe at this time AJ Styles is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. That's when New Japan really started gaining traction again. Yeah, it's right about that time or close to that time. All right, let's talk about some uh, pre-Rumble stuff. So the one thing that that stood out to me and kind of saddened me, I guess, is all the time that there was on this panel, um, which was, and, and I say saddened me, not necessarily because of any of the personalities, but I'm starting to feel, Bill, when do you think that they started doing these stupid tables that like, because they want to feel more sports-like? Is it here? I want to say it's about this time. Because every time I see a table, I'm just like, oh, this reminds me of how 
Like, it's my symbol of, like, how terrible the company is. Like, as mm-hmm. far as before this, like, they'd have their moments every now and then again, but I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of them trying to be more sport-like. I want my characters, you know, and stuff like that. So it kind of saddened me to see the the table, to be honest with you. Right. Um, in, in that aspect. What do you think of the people on it, though? Duggan, Shawn Michaels, and Flair. Well, I mean, they lend credibility because all three of them have won at least one Royal Rumble. Right. Um, Jim is not acknowledging the second one for Sean, for those who are new. Right. You can listen to the 1996 Royal Rumble and hear the fake champions, the fake winner, Shawn Michaels, be declared. <laughs> um, but I think with those three, they lend some expertise because they've actually been in multiple rumble matches mm-hmm. as if you got you know somebody off the street who is a wwe fan and it's like oh yeah the royal rumble you know you gotta watch out two feet hit the floor you'll be eliminated it's like they're not really experts they're just saying what they're told to be you know they're being fed the lines basically right. whereas with these three they've been in them they've won them they know what they're talking about how do you feel about the whole table slash panel thing in general and in this case? Well, I mean, we're seeing it almost all the time now. I mean, hell, they even do the big pre-show panels, you know, where you get nothing but an hour's worth of this, where people are just sitting around and talking. Um, it, it is to be more sports-like, and I understand the logic to it. I just, I wish pro wrestling would define itself. You know, like at this point, it's not even pro wrestling, it's sports entertainment. And I, to me, the NFL is sports entertainment too, you know, so I understand it. I'm just, they're very, very hit and miss, I guess would be the right answer for it. Well, what do you about, what do you think about this one and the selections? Well, I love this because Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels have a hilarious dynamic between the two of them, and they always have. Um, And then you add in Hacksaw, who I'm not even sure actually realizes where he's at half of the time (laughs) as I'm watching this. Uh, So it, It was at least an amusing panel to me. But you're right. There's way too much of it on this show. They go to the panel like three or four different times throughout the course of the show. Um one thing that stood out to me was this is a really, really short show. Like I'm used to the Royal rumble being like six hours. Now <sighs> this show's like two hours and 45 minutes. This was great. Yeah. Like I, I, Oh my God. You want to hear me complain about the time. Go back to the archives and listen to the, uh, was, I think it was the men's Royal rumble 2019 where I complained mm-hmm. about the time. And cause I remember watching it and how upset I was cause yep. I wound up watching the event um, that's a good, just so you can hear me and Bill's thoughts on the times. Um, one thing I thought that was interesting about this panel was, uh, people weren't really into Michaels. It seemed like, cause I feel like they were more into flair. And of course, Duggan got the usual, you know, ho, mm-hmm. I feel like they weren't into Michaels or was that just me? That might've been just you. All right. But it, yeah, I, I think Sean may have gotten like the least cheers out of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. when, when did Sean retire? Like Sean had, had like we were seeing Sean all the time. I mean, you get to see Flair once every twice in a while. You get to see mm-hmm. Duggan once every decade at this point. 
I mean, you know, his, I think Sean's last match, whatever the Saudi Arabia event was. Well, that okay, was like before, a year and a half. So I don't know about there a year and a half, maybe a little less than that. I don't know. Oh, uh, but I, yeah, good. But if oh, you you mean uh before that one, right, Margo or Jargo? Right. Yeah. The, oh, that was, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you meant the was, uh, WrestleMania 26. 26. So he'd been gone for four years at this point. Like he had a re- uh, I'm sure he made an appearance here. Say, it's there. not like he. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that too. It's not like the man was totally gone. I'm I'm almost sure about that. Like I'm sure he made it, like Bill said an appearance here or there. Um, so we had some Rumble promos, which was surprising to me, mm-hmm. because I usually expect like pre-Rumble promos now in like the '90s and the 2000s, and not so much really, you know, in the current era, which I'll, I consider the 2010s. So we had a Shield Rumble promo, we had a Fandango Rumble promo, which Fandango sounds like he's trying to seduce me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what I don't know why I wrote this. I don't even know what the context is. So I have written down. Batista says exactly after I call him an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the con. Sometimes I don't know what the context of what my notes are. Like the first one I have is called. My first note here is Ben Cheeseburger, and I don't know why. I think it was because of the football player. Oh, the yeah, Roethlisberger, because he yeah I don't he know has... how to say that name, and that's why I just call him Ben Cheeseburger. That's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> and I don't care about football, so which means I don't care to learn how to say it. There you go. Hey, Bill, did you see who the three picked? Yeah, and those are actually my first notes of this match. Uh, Jim D- uh, Duggan said that you know an underdog could win this, and he's going with Dolph Ziggler to win it. Okay, that's that's a good pick. That's fair. I mean, that's on par with him not knowing where he is. So right, <laughs> right. I want to save Sean for last because his is the most ridiculous one. Is it? Rick, or is Ric Flair's? Oh, that's true. But for different right. reason. For yeah. different reasons. Yeah, then let's go with Sean then. He says either CM Punk or The Shield will win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Sean, you can only have one pick. You can only have one pick. Even the heel announcers of the past would at least wait till their guy got eliminated and then say, here's my new pick. Exactly. And then Ric Flair says Batista's going to win, which gives a loud chorus of booze. And he's like, learn to live with it. He's learn so, to love it. He's so insistent. <laughs> Charles, Ric what do you, Flair what, for you. What do you think of their picks? I love how Sean had like 15 picks. Exactly. You know, I mean, because that's so consistent with the Sean Michaels character. He doesn't want to upset anybody, you know, uh, Rick Flair, obviously he's just Rick Flair. He, he could, he could say anything that he wanted to. You knew he was going to pick Batista. I mean, just even inside of the narrative, of course, he's going to go with Batista going back to evolution. Uh, Duggan is just hilarious. I'm trying to remember where Dolph Ziggler even was inside of his run. Like if he had been so defined down inside of the booking by 2014, um, or if he was still, you know, kind of riding that former world heavyweight champion thing, because, and the only thing that gives me any context is big E because big E hadn't turned into a total jackass yet. I'm just tired of seeing Ziggler at this point. He's one of these guys that I've seen way too much 
in this entire duration of this podcast, I have to say. Um, actually, do you think, Bill, he's he's got to be up there on top five people we've seen? I would think so. I mean, I, I think at this point, like, Kane would be number one. Mm-hmm. And then Ziggler would be somewhere between two through five. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. He's had a long, consistent run with the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because as much as I've seen him, not, nothing I've seen was like, you know what, I'm wrong about Ziggler. So, you're right, that definitely like kind of fits in with consistency, I guess you would say. Um, Bill, the announcers for this event, or this, this Rumble match, are Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and JBL. Yay. We're 90 90 second intervals, which means our intervals will be? Every seven and a half minutes. Now, do either of you have anything to say before we get into the Rumble match right now? I don't think so. Oh, Ray Ray had a promo. Did he? In that segment. Yeah, because he was like, in 2006, I was number (laughs) two, and I won the Rumble, and now I'm back. And I'm going to win again. Oh, Ray, wait till you come out later. (laughs) I got to say, my favorite thing about Royal Rumbles are jobber promos. Like when they give the Usos like promo time to say why one of them is going to win the Royal Rumble. And it's like, no, no, you're not. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're not. Or when Barry Horowitz did that one promo. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I got a 30 to one shot. To win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> but WWF, anything can happen. Tap, 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 tap. For those that are interested, I believe that was the 1996 Royal Rumble. Yeah, that was... Where what, Bill gets the most mad. Already. Bill gets furious in that episode. As do uh, I, but Bill, God. All right. <laughs> I lose it. Like, the only time ever. Um. Okay, so... here Are managers allowed? I don't have that note here. I... Don't believe they are. All right, I don't think so either. Okay, Bill, let's start it. All right. Entries one through five. One, CM Punk. Two, Seth Rollins. Three, Damian Sandow. Four, Cody Rhodes. Five, Kane. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Sandow and Kane. We start the discussion for this one with Jargo. Gotta love CM Punk coming out first. Of course, he's got all the history with Kane. Kane comes out on Raw last week and decides that, you know, CM Punk is going to be the number one person inside the Rumble. Punk was one of the favorites to win this thing. And, of course, we would see what would happen throughout the course of the Rumble. Punk gets the concussion. I love Punk's run throughout this Rumble, though. I'm, I'm sitting there just watching this thing, analyzing it, knowing what happened coming later inside of the storyline and inside of the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a note here, and I don't know why, again, out of context. Seth Restrooms. There's a sign that says Seth Restrooms. Oh, how did I miss that one? And then I have on Sandow's elimination, one of the announcers says, there's always 2015. So now I'm super (laughs) curious if he actually is in that one. (laughs) That'll be fun to see. What do you got, Bill? Um... I like the two people that start this. I thought that was a good selection, Punk and Rollins, to start it. I'm not saying it's the best, but I think it's probably out there as one of the best options to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
because I really don't have a lot for this one. Kane comes out, and I just write, keep the shirt on. We don't <laughs> see that body right now. We really don't. This must have been a surprise, too. It didn't sound like Corporate Kane was like advertised for the Royal Rumble, the way the commentary put it over. Right. Boy, what a surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you, Bill. CM Punk and Seth Rollins are two good people to start things off. Uh, e- even though I'm definitely, I definitely wouldn't consider myself a Seth Rollins fan. Yeah. Um, and that's not based on that's. He's one of those rare people that I thought him as Tyler Black was overrated in Ring of Honor. Like it's not like oh, he went to WWE and now I hate him. I kind of never really was like all about him. But I mean, he's as good as anyone. I have. When I, of course, when I see Cody Rhodes now, all I write is the elite automatically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wrote Cody's elite. <laughs> I thought it was crazy how young Cody looks. Oh, it's like oh. in, in the course of the last five years, he grew, turned into a man. Mm-hmm. He really did. What else you got here, Jargo, for this second segment? I pop for Damien Sandow. I pop for Damien Sandow every time. I love that character. Like, I didn't like anything that he did before, and I didn't like anything after, but I love that Damien Sandow character where he was greater than you. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say this. I'll give, I give the main, actually, I don't know if he's really doing anything these days. I'm not really sure. Um, but I give him credit for, even though I didn't like it, when he went to um, Impact and was Aaron Rex. Sure, I didn't like it, but Hey, I give him credit for trying something new. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe he got over that stunt double gimmick. Yeah, that one should have killed his career, but it didn't. In uh, a way, it kind of did, though, because he never really recovered from it coming out of it. Yeah. So, Jargo, when you're watching this, so are you like specific, cause especially knowing the backstory that we know now with you, are you like keeping an extra close eye on CM Punk? I was as I watched it this morning, man. I was like a hawk watching CM Punk, like trying to figure out exactly what happened. And like when Kane comes in, like the first two big right hands that he hits Punk with, I'm wondering if that's where actually the concussion took place because he just looks out of it after that second one. Uh, Jargo, you'll be the official CM Punk watch 2019 for this particular episode. I'm gonna, <laughs> every, every segment, I expect to see a punk report specifically from you and what nah. you were experiencing when watching it. <laughs> uh, I'll do what I can. Yeah, just do your best. That's all. That's all we ask for. Mm-hmm. Bill, um, how do you, how do you feel about corporate Kane? And how'd you feel at the time about corporate Kane? At the time, I wasn't really that big of a fan. Like. Because he had, you know, he had had that team hell no run with Daniel the mm. previous year. And then it's like, he, it's like in kayfabe, oh, he got promoted. But in a way, it almost feels like he got demoted to being like one of the corporate stooges. Like he's a Patterson or Briscoe, except he's seven feet tall and could legitimately beat the shit out of him. So over heel corporate figures inside mm-hmm. of the WWE. Mm-hmm. So overdone. Yeah. And you wouldn't really expect Kane to be a corporate figure. Well, his brother was. 
Well, oh yeah, the corporate ministry. True. Well, true. I was going to say also Kate was part of the corporation. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I guess more of just the suit and tie. I'm thinking. It's it's the gear, isn't it? That, yeah, that it throws is. you off. It is. It's it the is. hair. Yeah, we'll go with the hair. <laughs> Although Triple H's hair threw me when he when they showed the first picture, when he cut those uh, long locks off, I was like, oh my god. Wait, what yeah, but Kane's got like a natural clown hairdo thing kind of going on <laughs> thanks yeah. to the receding hairline. Yes. Phil, what do you talk? What, what's the thing about Triple H and? Okay, when there was like this big thing on TMZ years ago. Okay. When someone took a picture of him, and he had had his hair cut, like all the blonde hair was gone, and he just had like that buzz cut, mm-hmm. the look that he has now. It just threw me, like, as a surprise. Wait, what is TMZ? This is what constitutes news for TMZ at the time? But this was, like, seven... Yeah, this was seven years ago. Boy, but what a still- slow news day. Triple H, it's a new haircut. Yep. Brian Satin reporting. Mm, it was best. a slow day. It's a slow day at TMZ. No shit. Jeez. Or, or this did- probably is the time Satin was there. As I think about it. What, is, uh, is he like Triple H a lot? No, he's just... If, if you don't know who Ryan Satin is, you can find him at ProWrestlingSheet.com. I've heard of, I've heard the name. I just don't know why Triple H's haircut's getting time. That's all I'm saying. Right. Because that's what he that's what he constitutes as news. Mm, he, he, he came... The, he, he's a writer now, but he came from the TMZ world. Six through ten is where we go now. Six, Alexander Rusev. Seven, Jack Swagger. Eight, Kofi Kingston. Nine, Jimmy Uso. Ten, Goldust. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Rusev, and we start the discussion off with Bill. <clears throat> okay, um, I'm going to ask the both of you guys this question, because I'm not really sure either one of you watched this match on the network or not. Did they edit Rusev's theme in this match? Because I think they did. First, let me say that I don't know if I would have even noticed it. Because I don't really know what his... Because like, all the themes are so interchangeable to me for wrestling or WWE these days. Like I probably wouldn't have noticed it. So mm-hmm. I can't say. Drago, what about you? Can you tell me if Rusev's... Which is weird because I did Let's Discuss Pro Wrestling albums. I should be able to tell you that. Anyway, Jargo, can you help Bill out here? I'm not sure um, because I'm trying to remember when they changed his music because he had different music when he was in NXT. He was not on the main roster at this point. Right. So this may have just been his NXT theme because I think they changed it. I'm trying to remember if they changed it before he came up to the main roster or not, because I don't know inside of context. Was this when Rusev came to the main roster or did he go back to NXT after the Royal Rumble? I think he went back after this. So this may have been his original NXT theme. Yeah, you might be right. Um, Zeb Coulter, he comes out twice. How did that age? (laughs) 
And I do have his first sign of the night. <laughs> and it reads, every 90 seconds, another illegal sneaks across the border. Wow. They really huh, uh... Not that age. <laughs> it did remind me, I was like, oh god, I forgot about Swagger's Final Fantasy boss song. Yep. I still say, that is a great song, but not for a wrestler. It's a great song for an RPG. Uh, oh, Gold Dust. Ugh, I have that written down. Because <laughs> this isn't my, this hashtag not my Gold Dust, because this, I don't think he's touching himself here. No, only, I don't think so. The only Gold Dust I want in my life is when he's touching himself. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's going to age well, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, Goldust was in my notes too, it, it, because at this point, like Goldust is in such a weird place because it's pre Stardust, but he's tagging with Cody. They, of course, they lost the tag team championships on the pre-show, so they're actually on the show, which then tells everybody in the crowd, "Hey, Daniel Bryan could be on this show." Just by having Cody and Goldust inside this match gave everybody hope that Bryan was going to be in this match. Mm-hmm. So. Is this where we get, this is where we, um, I think where we get our, no, it's, a, I'm looking, when do we get the Kofi spot? I feel I like it starts in this segment, but continues in the next one. Yeah, it's about the, it's about this time or close to it. Well, no, because, um, Ryback's in the match when that happens. Cause Ryback is the one that caught him on the outside. No, I thought Rusev did. Oh, was it Rusev? Yeah. 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 Because my notes, oh yeah you're right you're right because my note says why would Rusev put Kofi on a barricade just to throw some awful knees at him yeah um and he's also a, he's, a, God. he's a rookie he doesn't quite know the concept of the rumble <laughs> this is pre-boot Rusev he doesn't know anything exactly including how to lace a pair of boots shout out to the person in the blue hoodie who seemed uncomfortable with Kofi laying next to him. <laughs> I saw that kid, too. Jargo, what do you got for this? Oh, wait, I need a punk report. You need a punk report. At this point, punk's just kind of laying over in the corner talking to one of the officials. It's funny because as you watch this match unfold, punk, like, rotates all the way around the ring, just laying in the corner talking to the officials because he's concussed at this point. And uh, if he's not fully concussed at this point, he surely will be in the next group. Mm Mm-hmm. What else do you have for this other than CM Punk Jargo? What else do you have for this section? Um, I just thought it was weird looking at all of these guys and where they are now because we see Rusev, of course, coming up from NXT, and now it seems as though his wife is sleeping with Bobby Lashley. We have Jack Swagger, who doesn't even exist anymore. Kofi Kingston, now a former WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Jimmy Uso, is this the one that got a DUI? It's DUI Uso. DUI Uso, and then of DUI course, Uso. now we have the natural Dustin Rhodes. It's crazy to see Goldust still going in 2014, let alone to think that he's still active and relevant in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like so. I I don't I, I'm I want to talk a little bit about just the whole. You know, Kofi Kingston's been you know been doing this thing for a while now. At this point, he's the first one, I believe, Bill. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where his saves were in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Yeah, because Morrison did one the year before with with my theory of that Kofi just stole what Morrison did. Right. Which is, you can listen to the archives for both of those um, for this show. Do you feel like at this point they're kind of struggling to think of spots or do you think these are coming naturally to them still? It could be a mix of both. Because there's going to be one when we get to it where it looks like they just ran out of ideas, or at least for that year. Like, when we get to that rumble, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be 15 when okay. we get to that one. So. Jago, what else do you have for this section? The Kofi spot is so overdone. If I never saw another Kofi spot, I would be completely fine with it. Uh, but this is probably the riskiest one. Like, I didn't think he was going to make it. As you were watching this Kofi spot, did you actually think he could make that jump? What would have happened if he would have just fallen miserably? (laughs) (laughs) I did not think of that, to be honest. Um, I mean, that would be Titus O'Neil level stuff. I was was still upset on why would Rusev place Kofi on a barricade. I was probably the most upset about that, actually. Like, why would you just... He's already out. Just get him out there. Yeah, just dump him. Not even... Just place him on his feet very lightly. Yeah. (laughs) Like... It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's it's like one of those things when you knock somebody over the top rope and they land on the apron and you don't kick them off of the apron. You just walk away and go pick on somebody else. All right. 11 to 15 now. 11, Dean Ambrose. 12, Dolph Ziggler. 13, R-Truth. 14, Kevin Nash. 15, Roman Reigns. And I have during this segment eliminated Truth, Jimmy Uso, Swaggered, Kingston, Ziggler, and Nash. And uh, we start the discussion with Jargo. So begins the Roman Reigns push. This was really the beginning of uh, what would become to be the the Roman Reigns era. Uh, I would also like to point out that Kevin Nash tore a quad while you were reading that. Uh, (laughs) Our truth hasn't aged one day whatsoever. And this is my least favorite version of Dean Ambrose. Like Dean Ambrose's personality at this point is so off the cuff that I just wanted to see him get punched in the face. And thankfully he did. This is the second half of the swag, uh, swagger save, the uh, Kofi save. Bill, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened on the second half? Okay. So on this Kofi save, he makes a run for the post. And it's a long jump. It's like, what was it, like 15 feet maybe? I don't, I don't really know. My math's not good today. Um... <laughs> So he makes the jump, and he sticks the landing. And it's like, it's it's almost like a tree, like the way he's holding it. Mm -hmm. And he manages to pull himself up to save himself. And then, I think there's another one where... I'm trying to think, was there another one? Is this where we got the Jack Swagger spot with the boots? Yes, yes. Because Swagger basically brings him in by accident to stay in. Yeah, like, see, that's what I have. I had Kofi use this Swagger's boot, but I have, again, no context to it at all. Yeah, like, Swagger's kicking Kofi. He's like, and he's like hooked himself with his feet underneath of the bottom rope. And Kofi ends up taking off his boot. 
And then he does, he like pulls himself up and hits Swagger in the face with his own boot and climbs back into the ring. It's weird. Also, props to neon green shirt guy. This this guy's shirt had a smiley face on it, and I don't know how you can wear that in public, but he did, and I say props to him. Oh, that guy's at all the events. Is he? Does he always wear a neon green shirt with a yep, smiley face? He wears on? that same freaking shirt all the time. And now he's going to AEW shows, too. I saw yeah. that he was at the, the last AEW show. He jumped ship. The first casualty of the Monday Night War. <laughs> Neon green shirt guy. He should have had the Lex Luger spot. <laughs> what the hell is he doing here? It probably would have been better than Jack Swagger. Hey. No. Swagger was great. <laughs> Can we talk um, about how slow Kevin Nash was moving? Sure. Oh, My God. Could we get him a wheelchair? <laughs> It was ridiculous. Once he got in the ring, it was like, you know, because everybody gets in the ring and they hit like their four or five big moves. Kevin Nash comes in, kicks one guy in the face, and he is blown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Bill, how'd you like seeing Big Kev on this, ep- on this uh, episode or show? Oh, man. Way to put over the youngsters there, Kev. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm surprised at how many pe- people were out during this segment. Like, this is where a bunch went out, I feel like. Because the previous two were, like, one person. Yeah, Rusev was the only one last time. And before that, it was Sandow and Kane. This one had, like, six people. Uh, and by mm-hmm. the way... The one, yeah, go ahead. the one I didn't get was R-Truth. Because R-Truth's in there for, like, 30 seconds. And it's, like, it's, it's not, like, a super fast elimination to, like, see if it beat, you know, Santino's record. But... It was like it was just pointless. Like, why was our truth even in this thing? Like, it's our truth. Mm-hmm. Well, it won't be his worst spot. His worst spot is from the 2016 Royal Rumble. People can listen to that in the archives. Yeah. Bill, what do you feel is well? You, I think for the next segment, I'd like to talk about the rest of the card. Okay. So we'll we'll hold. So that's coming up. Um. Did you have any signs or anything that? Oh wait, did we I get? Don't... I also didn't get my punk report. So... Oh, oh, okay. So John, I see. need a punk report. What was he up to during this segment? Um, I, I believe he was just getting whipped by Roman Reigns throughout most of this segment. It was like uh, this. This is when the the Shield, all three of them, started beating up on CM Punk, and I think that's really why we got all those eliminations. Right? It was just so that we could clear out for the ooh ah power bomb at the end of this segment. Mm-hmm. Well, you had said on the last segment that you thought something on this segment. I believe. Oh yeah, concussion or something like that. Yeah. When 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 Roman Reigns comes out, he comes out and he goes around the ring and he hits a drive by to the back of CM Punk's head, mm. and Punk is just laying there forever. Like I, I, after the power bomb at the end of this segment, like your next CM Punk report is going to be the same as the CM Punk report after that because he just lays in the <laughs> corner for like ten minutes and doesn't move. I almost feel like either me or Bill, every time we get the CM Punk report, should start like doing his theme song before you start talking about Jargo. Like next time, you know, dude. I, I don't know which one. Would, which one would you want to do, Bill? Do we want to do uh, 
the uh, the the was it kill switch engage or do you want to do cult of personality? Which one do you want to sing for the next segment? We may as do cult of personality. Right. I was hoping I to get for you, that every I hope, time. I was hoping I could get you to do a little screamo <laughs> <laughs> or death metal, whatever kill switch engages. Um, all right. All right. Uh, I think we have like two minutes left here, right? We have a minute. We have a minute. Okay. Um, um, go ahead, Bill. Give me something that no, will occupy this I, minute. All right. Um, I was looking on you or uh, Facebook the other day, and I'm trying to find a page so I could send you guys the link. Somebody talking about Seth Rollins <laughs> made a Facebook page of his entrances from NXT and it, and him coming out to different theme songs for like a few seconds. There's two where. One, he comes out to Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys and the other Raspberry Beret by Prince. And he's like doing his mosh dancing. It is hilarious. What? This is what he does on his free time? No, some random guy does this. Oh, I thought you said Rollins himself did it. Oh, God, no. No, Rollins himself in his free time is doing Becky Lynch. There you go. Okay, 16 through 20 is where we go now. 16, The Great Kali. 17, Seamus. 18, The Miz. 19, Fandango. And 20, El Torito. And I have during this segment eliminated Kali, Cody, Goldust, Fandango, Torito. And Bill, what happened on the rest of the card? All right, the rest of the card. Well, we didn't have a lot, actually. We had a pre-show match where... And you're not going to hear this wrong. The New Age Outlaws defeated Cody Rhodes and Goldust for the WWE Tag Team titles. Because, you know, those youngsters, the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. Uh, your main show, Bray Wyatt defeated Daniel Bryan. Brock Lesnar defeated Big Show. And Randy Orton defeated John Cena to stay WWE champion. Well, that's right. This was before the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship, wasn't it? Many years before. Really, that's right. Yeah. Um, Jargo, you want to give some thoughts since this is the one time we're going over the uh, the rest of the card? Well, I, Brian versus Wyatt was fantastic, and I forgot how much I enjoyed cult leader Bray Wyatt before they absolutely ruined him. Um, but this is like the very beginning of the Yes movement. And with Brian fully embracing it. And he is so over. And then throughout the entire card, and even at about this point inside of the Rumble, every time there's a countdown starting, you start to hear a yes chant. You're hearing Daniel Bryan chants. Um, it's ridiculous how over Daniel Bryan was in 2014. I had kind of forgotten just how big it was, even at the Royal Rumble. Oh, it's insane. It is insane. He is so over. It's not even a joke. But one thing that is a joke, New Age Outlaws getting those tag team titles. I don't know, man. I I met Billy Gunn at StarCast right before All In, and Billy Gunn is much bigger than you think, and he had had a very bad day, and he was going off on that hotel clerk, like, oh, you didn't know? Like, he's even busting out Road Dogs lines. It was terrifying. I don't don't think I'd want to step up to Billy Gunn. Uh Uh-uh. No thanks. Wait a minute. Why is he getting into an argument with a hotel clerk? Because they didn't have the right room for him. Oh, jeez. 
But what does that mean? Does that mean like he he was expecting room 400 and then he got there and he was told room 415 or was like, what does that I'm mean? Guess, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, he thought that he's a real big star, so he should have a suite, not a regular room. Mm, okay. Because he's Billy Gunn. Well, you better doubt. recognize well, six I, time. Well, I doubt that he. I doubt that he made the reservation himself. So I feel like he should be taken up with someone from AEW. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a big guy. Have you guys ever seen Billy Gunn up close? He's a much bigger guy than you. Not in person. Um, I think I might have. But no, I, mean, I, 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 could, believe I, could, I believe you. I could see him whooping both Cody and Gold Dust. Like even today. He's a big guy, and That's he's it. juiced out of his mind. I said the the, uh, the news reports will say Cody and Dustin beat by Billy Gunn for wrong room at the hotel. Just picture that headline. Uh, hmm. All right, let's go, Bill. Give us give us some call to personality while we get to get tradition to our punk report. Look in my eyes, look what we see. Coat of personality. Laying in the corner doing absolutely nothing other than talking to a referee and saying, get me the hell out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what CM Punk was doing for this entire five guy run. Um, Then we have one of the announcers say, we have an animal in the rumble match. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I and I wrote that they sort of spoiled the entry here. Why? What happened? For El Torito, because it's like, oh, I, I wonder if it's going to be one of the uh, Lucha, or what were they called? I don't even remember what they were called. Oh, the Matadors. Yes. And it's like, oh, El Torito, El Torito. Oh, man. And then I have a note where when his when he got eliminated. I think it, it was JBL or King, one of the two, was like, did all hooves hit the ground? <laughs> oh, that's awful. I mean, JBL is so bad on comedy. I wrote in one of my notes, I think he was being fed his lines throughout this match. And at one point, I just wrote, oh, shut up. <laughs> I can picture you saying that. I feel that way about WWE commentary all the time. And you know it's Vince in their ears. That's the worst part. It is. Well, see, but I don't know. Part of me feels like JBL probably gets some of his own lines in there. And it's bad. I don't know. I do do, do feel that if there's any commentary that I feel it gets their own lines in, it might be JBL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely no defending JBL on commentary for me. I doubt Vince is in the year to say, come on, say it. Say that next Mrs. Layfield. Really? Really? Well, the only... Sidney Crosby, you know, he's the hockey player, Cole. <laughs> really, the only guy of any relevance inside of this group was Seamus. Like, even Kali was in there and then out of there. Yeah. Well, the Kali ship had... Had sailed definitely at this point. I think even before this, really, a long time before this, because um, I feel like his big push was what in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. time. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. But Sheamus, it, it seemed like this was a, a big Sheamus return. Right. Like he must have been out for a while. Is Hornswoggle shorter than El Torito? Want to repeat that question again? Is Hornswoggle shorter than El Torito? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let me see. El Torito is four foot five. Oh God, how tall would Hornswoggle be? Hornswoggle is four foot five, so they're both the same height. Oh wow! Okay. Who so El Torito's a little bit bigger with horns. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Correct. Sure. You gotta buy a horn. God, th- those last two lines that you both said definitely feel like I could have heard from the commentary team. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Actually, that that was far funnier than anything you would have heard out of the commentary team. Twenty-one through twenty-five. Twenty-one, Antonio Cesaro. 22, Luke Harper. 23, Jay Uso. 24, JBL. God, why? 25, <laughs> Owen. Jordan, this segment eliminated JBL, and I will start the discussion. I was really mad about this. because Mostly because one of the announcers says the JBL character never entered the Rumble match. Has, ne- well, has never entered the Royal Rumble match. And I'm like... But the B in JBL stands for fucking Bradshaw. Dumb. (laughs) So Bradshaw was in the match before. We've seen it. Plenty of times. Also, I know that he... It's not really more geared towards him, but every time I see him, I always go, ah, fuck Luke Harper. Mm. Because of the epitome of how generic the WWE names are. That is one of the most generic names I've ever heard of a wrestler. How about yeah. Eric Rowan? I mean, not like that's a whole lot better. Yeah, but but you know what? I'll give it. I'll, it's more than Luke Harper because Eric is E R I C K. I'm just. That... I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that Luke Harper's the worst. Although <laughs> there is someone in current wrestling or the current roster that I do think might give Luke Harper a run for his money. Pete Dunne. Now, there's a generic name if I've ever heard one. Basically, what I'm saying is, it, first off, I know someone named Luke Harper, which is probably why it infuriates me more. Um, these are just names that you can just probably see in your regular office if you work in an office environment. Anyway, that's my rant. Um, Jargo, what do you got for this? I am actually looking something up here. <laughs> um uh, I, I was looking something up because I was curious if Pete Dunn was actually Pete Dunn's real God-given name because that's the only thing I've ever heard him called, even on the independent scene. Um, and and on behalf of my friends across the UK, I would just like to point out that Pete fucking Dunn sells tickets, son. Uh, a hell of a lot more than Luke Harper ever has. So we may need to reevaluate there. Uh, but this is actually when people had first names. We don't have first names in the WWE anymore. Antonio Cesaro, that was the one that jumped out to me because he hasn't been Antonio in a very long time. Yeah. I'm not even sure Harper and Rowan have first names anymore. I was going to say, I could have swore Luke Harper still did. I could be wrong. I don't watch weekly. 
I kind of just follow things as they happen online. Yeah. You're a very, very wise man. Uh, th- this is a very, very uninteresting group of five, especially for this late in the rumble. And the Daniel Bryan anticipation is growing and growing and getting far more angry. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not excited by Jay Uso, Charga? <laughs> especially the face paint Usos. Like we were still on that. How long did they do that awful gimmick? I think that's a few more years. Wait, what's the, what's the face paint gimmick? You have to remind me. Is it just that they wear face paint? Is that all it is? Yeah. Well, no. And they like come out and they do like the big chant before they would come to the ring, like the Samoan war cry. And like, they were still pandering baby faces and it was, it was just awful. Like it, 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 it was geared towards four year olds because once you were five, you saw through it. Mm-hmm. Bill, what do you have? I don't think we've heard from you here. Oh, oh, oh. um, quick bill cult of personality. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cult of personality. CM Punk still laying in the corner <laughs> and dreading the <laughs> fact that Ryback's music hasn't hit yet. <laughs> it's coming. It's uh, coming. Yep. Okay, Zeb Coulter with a second sign of the night. He's, his sign says, you could time it yourself, but they stole your watch. What? Who is they? Yeah, Pronouns, it, pal. Who is they? <laughs> I think he means the illegals. He oh, Pronouns, pal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this one's not nearly as offensive as the first one, though. No. No, not really. Um, let's see. I What else do I have? Oh, why are you wearing a coat into the match? That's obviously the JBL. He was taking it off. You, you should have done that before you got in the ring, you jackass. Um, I think at one point somebody mentions how HBK picked Punk in the Shield to win, and I just wrote, "I'm not taking Sean to the tracks anytime soon. He's not going to make my <laughs> bets for me because he'll probably bet on every horse in the race." Right, in which you lose money from that. <laughs> exactly. Well, to be fair, to be fair, he was looking at two horses at the same time. Oh, <laughs> I love I love a. Uh... A Shawn Michaels sight joke. Wow. Bill. Yeah. Don't you love a Shawn Michaels sight joke? Yeah. <laughs> he deserves he's, it. He's starting to get there at this point. <laughs> All right. So how much time do we have left here? We have a minute 55. All right. So I also, oh, there was a giant swing. I always liked the giant swing. And I did count that, actually. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because if you notice, like Cesaro goes to do that to Punk, who was obviously concussed at this point, and Punk holds up his hands like, dear God, no. (laughs) And then Seth Rollins comes over and takes the swing instead of Punk, while Punk rolls back into the corner. (laughs) So, Jargo, when you were watching it, when you were first watching this, before you watched it for this podcast, um... Do you like when? All right, let me re, let me start that over again. Before going into this, what did you remember about this rumble? I probably should have asked. This, usually, I guess this at the beginning, but I forgot. Well, I, I the thing that this rumble is remembered for is this crowd. 
I mean, that's, that's really the biggest story coming out of this Royal Rumble is the way that the crowd just shat all over it mm-hmm. um, from basically like they were super hot for the Brian and, and Wyatt match. And because Brian's super over at this point and then that crowd just turned on him like I don't know what necessarily set him off, but from the second that that match ended and, you know, then you go into the Brock and big show and then Orton and Cena, they're actually chanting for Daniel Bryan throughout the match. And Orton's getting seriously irritated and even yells at the fans that he's the champ, not Daniel Bryan. And by this point in the rumble, it's like, if, if Daniel Bryan doesn't come out here, we're going to freaking riot. That's the way that it was starting to feel. Mm-hmm. And now we go to our last group of five, 26 Ryback, 27 Alberto Del Rio, 28 Batista, 29 Biggie Langston, and number 30, Ray Mysterio. And I have during this segment eliminated going into the final four. Jay Uso, Rowan, Ryback, Del Rio, Big E, Mysterio, Harper, Cesaro, Ambrose, Rollins. Um, and I will start the discussion because Ryback yells stupid. Yep. <laughs> stupid. Um, Bill, what do you have? Oh, JBL, he talks about the coveted 27 position. He's like, oh, it's one more Royal Rumbles than any other slot in the Royal Rumble, Michael. Is that still true today? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Bill, it's time for another CM Punk report. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cult of personality. Shit, here comes Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryback, too, when he gets in there, he just clubs the shit out of everybody. I mean, is, this, is it any wonder that nobody liked to work with Ryback? He's in there just stiffing the hell out of everyone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know I, I'm going to say this, and I know at some point in the next couple of weeks I'm going to regret it. Because it's going to time this episode. Oh, but Because no. it always happens anytime I do something like this. But I'm going to say it. Based on Jargo's comment, I agree. Like, no, it's no wonder there's so much wrestling on TV now, and yet I don't hear anything about anyone picking up Ryback. I think there's something to that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's clearly reasons for that. I mean, just the guy wasn't safe at all. Next week, I'll read AEW signs Ryback. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how it works here, because apparently when I date stuff like this, I'm instantly proven wrong before the year date. Right. I popped that they started chanting uh, Goldberg when Ryback came out. <laughs> That's right. That was a thing, which I don't, because I was not a, I'm never a big Ryback fan, but I always hated Goldberg. So I never knew how I felt about that. Right. That Goldberg's name was getting bought up again. So I, was like, I, re- I remember years ago, this was early when I started um, my podcast, that wrestling show, which I'll plug later again. Mm-hmm. Like, I did an episode where I was like, who's better, Goldberg or Ryback? And at the time, I had said Ryback was the better between the two. Looking back on it now, it's probably Goldberg who's the better of the two. Was this before the Goldberg return? Oh, way before his return. 
Well, does does the return help or hurt? It I don't helps. think it does either to me. Right. I think it helps him a little bit. Well, he did win the Universal Championship. Uh, that yeah. was the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Well, it was before it officially became the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. You can listen to the archives about the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship <laughs> in almost every episode. I like to refer to it as the Championship of the Universe. <laughs> Still waiting for that Galaxy Championship. So the- then we have uh, Alberto Del Rio, who is quite possibly the biggest douchebag inside of the world of professional wrestling, oh. even in 2014. Yeah. Uh, was was not sad to see him get eliminated. Uh, Bautista comes out, and uh, the crowd just really let this guy have it. And then mm-hmm. we're down to two. And Big E comes out, and the crowd's like, okay, uh-huh. here, we, here, here we go. And when that countdown starts, everybody in the arena stands up and they are so ready to pop. And then they boo Ray Mysterio out of the building. I felt so bad for Ray, and it's not his fault. I really felt bad for him. Booyaka. Yeah. Um, I said in my notes, the minute or after Ray came in, the fans just turned their back on this match because this match was pretty decent. And then, and then when Ray came out, this, the fans, they never gave a crap about it. There's one glaring issue inside of this match. And I believe that it happened here. Um, and that would be Kane. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause I was looking for that as well. Um, cause like he's standing outside waiting forever to do his spot. <laughs> Which we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. I just have written down here, like I said, Ryback yells stupid. Um, crowd that was goes, literally his gimmick. It wasn't that he yells stupid. I, I was, I must've been so tuned out at this point. Yeah. Everybody was stupid. All right. I didn't I actually did not know that. Uh, and then of course we have, like you guys mentioned the Daniel Bryan chance. What, but there's, let me ask you this, but there's been no indication that anyone that wrestled before this, like, no one else that wrestled previously was in this match, right? Just uh, Cody and Goldust. Oh, yeah, they were? But, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, but that was it. Well, no, uh, Bray Wyatt made one. two appearances on this show. So, I mean, it, it seems like there's precedent there for it. No, you're right. I agree. I just didn't know it. I was curious. Okay. Um, all right, so we get to the final four, and it's CM Punk versus Sheamus versus Reigns versus Batista, and then we have our very last CM Punk report. Go ahead. You know what? Maybe forever. Bill, hit the music. Look in my eyes. <laughs> what do you see? The cult of personality. Kane, please, for the love of God, get me out of here. <laughs> Like, and, and it's funny because, you know, in, in the coming months, we would hear the podcast with Colt Cabana and mm-hmm. Punk says that he, he was asking it like, you know, number 14, like, <laughs> can we get Kane back out here? And it took this long to get Punk out of the damn match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I remember and, and I want to see if either one of you remember the day that that podcast came up, like my iTunes could not forget days get that episode to download like because it was around that time 
it might have been a Kardashian who came up with the term broke the internet. That one literally broke the internet, the punk interview. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't, because not only could I not get that episode to pop up for a while, but it was re downloading some of the older episodes that Cabana had done. I don't remember that now. I was so mad. I'm like, no, I don't have this much space on my phone. I don't want to. I don't want to listen to the interview with the Iron Sheik. <laughs> oh, who doesn't want to listen to an interview with the Iron Sheik? Well, that was awesome. I've been at that time in November. I did listen to it. It was a fun interview. Was, Iron Sheik is the greatest follow on Twitter, and nobody will convince me otherwise. No, no. Mm. Um. Okay, so Kane eliminates Punk. Which, let me point out now. Uh, Kane does not get that elimination from my tally, which we've discussed on previous episodes. For those that uh, know or knew or whatnot, um, I am keeping track of who had the top three people that supposedly had the most eliminations, that being Kane, The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels. Um, and this one is one of those instances where Kane is not in the match at that point, so it doesn't count towards his total, just like if there was a soccer game and a fan came running in the field and scored a goal, you wouldn't say that the fan has won. So just let that be known. Let's see how close these numbers actually get to what mm-hmm. WWE is perceiving uh, or what they're trying to throw out there as their real numbers. Yeah, but my, we get, my, yeah, yeah. my favorite part of Kane elimination is uh, by this point, Kane has to know that Punk is concussed. And so then he picks him up and choke slams him through a table. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Poor Punk. Sheamus versus Reigns versus Batista. Reigns eliminates Sheamus. So now we're at Batista versus uh, Reigns. Batista wins and the crowd hates it. Mm-hmm. Including me. This might be the last time Roman Reigns was cheered. I agree. Yeah, because, you know, as Jargo said, this is the beginning of his push. This is his breakout performance. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's not even that they liked Roman Reigns. Right. It was that they hated Batista that exactly. much more. Exactly. Exactly. So, as per what they're saying to us, we're getting Batista Orton, right? That's who won the earlier match. Right. Okay. But did that actually happen? And did we get a main event? Did the the winner go to WrestleMania and win the title? Bill, give us the rundown of the path to WrestleMania. Okay. So Batista's path is pretty clear. He does go to the main event of WrestleMania. However, Daniel Bryan continues to go after the authority about him getting basically screwed time after time of not getting the WWE title or getting a rematch. So after Daniel Bryan and fans take over Monday Night Raw, Triple H gives in to Daniel Bryan's demand for a match at WrestleMania. Triple H then ups the ante in that match, saying the winner of that match joins Orton and Batista for a triple threat match for the WWE title. Daniel Bryan would win that match, and that match would be the main event of WrestleMania 30. And Daniel Bryan would beat 
Batista in the ring. He made Batista tap out to win the WWE title. Okay, so now that we know all that, I think it's important to kind of talk about the punk stuff because that did have a ripple effect, even though it it really shouldn't have, um, to this Daniel Bryan win. Uh, What do you lead the discussion on that on? how the CM Punk leaving kind of affected things. Okay. So the next night, Raw was, I think, in Cleveland, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong. So Punk has a meeting with Vince and Hunter. And they're basically trying to do this idea where CM Punk is going to face Triple H at WrestleMania. And... They're like, it's a WrestleMania main event. And Punk's like, no, no, it's not. It's not a WrestleMania main event. Are you kidding me? And he basically, because of that was the final nail, really. He walks out. He leaves the arena, never comes back to WWE. Never another match. Now let me stop you there. Let me now go to Jargo, because I know Jargo, you had a lot of history with punk here at this point what you know what did you think about what's transpired here so far well at this point punk had already threatened to walk away once um and that was in 2011 before money in the bank 2011 which is quite possibly my favorite pay-per-view in in pro wrestling history uh cm punk versus john cena and punk decided that he was going to resign but he was miserable uh by his own accord so punk walks away from the company uh and goes basically against everything that he said and says you know what maybe i can change this business by sitting on my couch and he really kind of did because there's a lot of what punk talks about inside of that interview that is even more so relevant today than it was back in 2014 if Mm -hmm. punk doesn't walk away I don't think Daniel Bryan gets elevated to that main event. I don't think yes ever happens. I don't think that we get that moment with Daniel Bryan standing on the commentary table leading 80,000 people in a yes chant, which is quite possibly the best moment in WrestleMania history when you actually look at the totalitarianity of the full story. I don't know if any of that happens if CM Punk doesn't walk away. And if he doesn't walk away, the rumored match for Daniel Bryan at that WrestleMania was against Sheamus. Well, that was going to be my question, is who would he have fought if, if none of that happened? What I don't understand is, well, I, I say I don't understand it, but I do. But why is it necessary for Daniel Bryan to fight Triple H? Like, if Triple H was supposed to fight Punk, shouldn't it just be like, oh, well, let's get Daniel Bryan in there? But I kind of know the answer. It's because of fucking Triple H's ego. Um, But, like, am I the only one that feels like that is it was totally unnecessary for Daniel Bryan to fight Triple H? Not really, because, I mean, at this point, he's not even really fighting Triple H. He's fighting Paul Levesque. 
because at this point, Hunter is basically known to be the chief operating officer of the WWE. This is this is Daniel Bryan versus the authority versus the establishment and everything that Hunter is in charge of at this point. It's mm-hmm. not really Triple H. It's more Paul Levesque versus Daniel Bryan. Well, either way, like what? God forbid the man doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. Like, I feel like almost that was one of their more top priorities up because Punk's not going to be there. Oh, who's Triple H going to fight then? It always well, bothered, yeah, that mean, always bothered the shit out of me because there's well, no reason for it. That's Triple H, though. I, I mean, know, the, the egomaniac that he is. Yeah, I mean, you need look no further than Sting. Uh, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? The, the worst moment in WWE history when Triple H beat Sting at WrestleMania. That happened? Yeah. That when I de- wasn't watching. Yeah, oh. that's... To me, that's the worst moment in WWE history. That's, that was the, like the, the absolute worst booking in WWE history. I am very, well, I'm very glad that apparently that I didn't experience this when it actually happened. But I'm also very sad to hear that it actually did happen. That was Sting's debut match mm-hmm. in the WWE. I thought he debuted at, uh, at Survivor Series. Well, I mean, I, he, he did a have- match. Right. Oh, I thought he again wasn't watching. So I'm. I thought I saw his his picture on the Survivor Series thing, and I guess I assumed that like he wrestled his first match in at Survivor Series. My bad. Anyway, now I'm sad. Bill, continue. Or no? What we? Oh no, we're talking about Jar- Punk. We're talking about Punk. Oh. Sorry, Jargo, continue. Yeah. So Punk walks away. I mean, and and that's the end of CM Punk. Um, until. Just recently, when it sure sounds like Punk is on his way back to WWE TV. So, we'll see what happens. But not in the way that you would think, Jim. No, yeah. no. He, he, he'll, he'd be returning as an analyst for Fox on a uh, WWE show that's going to be on FS1 with, um, who is it, Renee Young and yeah. somebody Booker else. Booker T? Oh, yeah, Booker T. Yep. All right. Overall thoughts on the Rumble. Let's start with Jorga. As far as the Royal Rumble goes, outside of the Kane thing, I don't really have any issues with this as a Royal Rumble, other than the crowd and the politics going on surrounding the Royal Rumble. You know, as, as a match itself, this is one of the better ones. All right, I'm going to say that I definitely don't agree, but I don't think it was as bad as I remembered it back then, but I don't think I would even classify it as good. I don't even know if it, I don't know if I'd say maybe decent. I don't know. Um, what, what did you dislike about this rumble? I wasn't entertained. Like, okay. If you listen back to in the archives, like there are definitely certain ones that I think you could probably tell in my voice. Like I was super excited about like two, 2001 and 1998 pop in my head immediately. Um, it's just nothing was really there, I guess, for me. I, I think this was a time overall where I just didn't really care about, I guess, WWE. I definitely didn't watch WrestleMania 30. I 100% didn't do that. Um, I didn't have an interest. So I think it's just that. I think nothing infuriated me, like except for the JBL thing, except for night like or like 1996 with Shawn Michaels being a fake winner. But see, Bill, this goes back to what you said earlier. What inconsistencies did you see here? 
I I don't know. Maybe I thought there were a lot more going into it, but I guess there really weren't any. I mean, the only thing is, is the only thing I could think, it's just the same shit that we've been dealing with. Like, uh, uh, someone that's not in the match anymore eliminated someone else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all it is. It's just I didn't care. I mean, it, that's what it is. Um... I don't know, Charlotte, do you want there to be more to it? I don't, I don't know if well, I no, answered I'm, your question. I, I don't know if I answered I, your I, question right. You saw it. I'm, I'm just wondering what, what more they could have done inside of the match to make you care. I mean, I understand not being invested inside of any of the characters or any of the storylines going on, going into the match. Mm-hmm. But as far as a match itself goes, to just look at the matchup, I thought it was fine. And maybe it's just that I watch so much of the modern WWE product that's just absolute crap but mm-hmm. as far as looking at this in context i thought it was fine aside from the crowd and everything going on surrounding the show mm. yeah like i said i don't know it's like i guess it's you're right i guess it's fine but like i don't think i classify it as good i don't think like i said it, it seemed not as bad as it that i think i would have remembered when i actually when it was going on that's I mean, at least I didn't see anybody get punched in the face and then roll to the outside for 20 minutes and then come That's back true. into the match. You That's know what I mean? Mm. Like, which seems like it's become a trope every year now. And it, it, it's just awful. It just completely takes you out of the match. As far as like the format and the way that they ran the show, according mm. to the rules, thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. You know what? Fine definitely seems like a good word, I think, to use. Because, again, I wouldn't classify it as good, but I wasn't furious about it either like I was 2016. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not 1992, you know? It's mm-hmm. not Flair going through and winning the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bill, your thoughts? Um, You know, for the most part, I thought this match was all right. Um, I think once, and again, it's not his fault, Rey Mysterio comes out, The fans just don't care at that point. Um, There's a couple people that probably shouldn't have been in it, JBL. And, you know, like there there is that one point where it's like there's literally no one that comes out. But Roman Reigns has this breakout performance in this match, which is important to note. And ultimately, like Jargo said... We end up getting, basically because of this match and what happens the next day, we end up going through one of the best build-ups and one of the best WrestleManias of all time. And it started right here. All right. So with that in mind, let's uh, give some final plugs and head out of here. I'm still, by the way, guys, I'm still sad to learn about the Sting Triple H thing. That's why I might (laughs) sound a bit down. Uh, Jargo, final plugs. I've been sad about that for absolutely years well, at this well, point. I, does it make you feel better that you have shared your sadness with me and now I am sad as well? Yeah, you know, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thanks what for having for. me That's on, guys. That's what I'm here for, Jargo. Go ahead. 
Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. You can follow our brand at HTMPWPod. Find us at the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, hittingthemarks.com. Mondays in the locker room, hackerhameen.podbean.com. Find my number one Huckleberry at The Real RBV. Chances are he will talk to you online a whole lot more than me because chances are I'm busy watching wrestling. All right, and of course, you can find me at That's Podcasting on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I should be, at this point, really getting back into Now That's What I Call Podcasting, which is the show that I have about the Now That's What I Call Music series. Um, Yeah, so lots of fun there, talking on a track-by-track basis of mainstream music. Uh, Bill, let's get out of here. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Uh, check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which comes out each and every Friday, where we talk about pretty much anything in professional wrestling. And if you're a South Park fan, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, where myself and my friend Fro, we discuss each episode of this 23rd season that is currently going on as you guys are listening to this. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. And the 2014 Royal Rumble match has been eliminated.